1: This week we're going to look at creator's explanation for why there is nothing boring about boredom. This turns out to be a much more important topic than I anticipated, Carl. Well, I feel the same way.
2: You created these questions and um, I thought, well, okay, we'll see. And I wasn't too excited about this topic. But I have to agree with you, seeing the kinds of things that were asked and what creator says about them. Some of it's quite unexpected, and some of it couldn't be more important than anything going on in the world at the moment. Go figure.
1: Yeah, (laughs) go figure indeed. Well, there's a lot to go on the cover, so we'll get right into it. U.S. creator, boredom is a common experience for humans. Everybody at some point in their life has experienced boredom. Some suffer from it only occasionally, and for others, it might be the biggest single problem they have. From Creator's perspective, can you share how big a problem boredom truly is for humanity and what percentage of the population is experiencing it at a crisis level?
2: All right, and as a channeler of creator of all it is, this is what Creator said. We would say boredom is a serious problem because it is, first of all, a consequence of manipulation, that people are constrained. They are subjugated, they are suppressed, they are manipulated, they are dimmed down, they are dumbed down, and they are subjected to relentless subliminal programming in the deep subconscious mind to keep them complacent about many, many things going on around them. The world is highly varied, highly volatile, and highly dynamic under normal circumstances. This gives everyone an opportunity to experience novel things and to have many opportunities for learning and growth, which, after all, is a fundamental objective of life itself. Why create soul-based beings of consciousness if there's nothing for that consciousness to do? So, boredom, we would say, is an abnormal state of being that is symptomatic of a deeper problem with disconnection. It could be a disconnection that is profound as with the manipulations external to the human we have recounted or it can be relatively minor stemming from a person's own laziness or a lack of passion for things that has led them to an existence of quiescence with little changing and little stimulation to provide things of interest happening to engage the mind and the being to carry out something of purpose. Everyone needs things like that to make living worthwhile. People can give in to their own laziness, but often that is secondary to a deeper limitation of some kind. We would say that more than three-fourths of the world's population is living in existence largely accompanied by a state of boredom. This can coexist with a person working hard, or even furiously to have some kind of goal or requirement met. But that does not mean they are happy simply because they have something to do and they have a role in life. That can be said of slaves and prisoners behind bars as well. They have a routine they must follow and they have obligations they must conform to with many rules and limitations. And in the case of those who believe they are free, But nonetheless, are slaves to a humdrum job they must engage with in order to make a living and survive, there may be very long periods of time when all they can do is little more than work and then sleep at night and then go back to work again. When they are working two jobs or when they are so exhausted, there's little more they can do. And there is often so little money one cannot support any kind of creative endeavor that requires materials or perhaps travel to obtain information and access to things needed for the pursuit and so on. That relentless humdrum existence of the worker is enshrined in cultural lore as a noble effort. And indeed, on one level, it is because it does contribute to the survival of the whole, but it does so at great cost. It is soul-numbing to be a drone, to be a cog in a wheel that must keep turning and little freedom of choice is involved. One must work or perish. So the idea of freedom and liberty extends only as far as the physical demands of life intrude and then tough choices must be made about how one spends one's time. Few have the luxury to stop and smell the roses, so to speak, and have hobbies and pursuits that are uplifting and inspiring. This is seen to by the interlopers, largely in feeding you corrupting influences through the media of all kinds. These are disguised as entertainments, but are really a kind of propaganda to create false expectations, false impressions, and false teachings about many things, especially morality. There will be little that is uplifting spiritually or encouraging a spiritual perspective. That is no accident either. So we would say boredom is, first of all, a consequence of a lack of choices. So people have no good role models nor a cultural framework with a kind of structure that promotes the idea of learning and growth on a lifelong basis and the implementation of creativity and doing things that are uplifting and inspiring as the highest priority that would create a quite different
1: world than the one you inhabit well i must say the uh, the revelation that three quarters of humanity is has their lives largely accompanied by uh, by boredom which is what crater is saying is is a very very sobering realization i must say
2: Yes, it it is. And this is quite a disparaging picture of <laughs> of our world, but it is what it is. And the yes. creator is telling it like it is, not mincing words, just yeah. calling us out on the shallowness of our culture at the moment. And many of us who've lived a while and gotten into their senior years have seen this transition, this evolution or devolution I would call it from things that used to be comprised of quality with high standards and a purpose behind them to things that are more trivial and more primitive yes. and appealing to baser needs and yes. and devoid of spiritual purpose.
1: And and that is a big hole when you and, and- leave it empty in yourself. And, and the loss of leisure time. You know, um, people have to work harder and longer uh, sure. Sure, in order to make their living. That, the creator basically hinted at that as well. So um, there's a lot of things contributing to this condition, but it is an abject condition for sure. You asked, creator, how widespread a problem is boredom for consciousness? Does all consciousness suffer from it potentially? Do plants get bored? Do planets Get bored.
2: Well, it's probably news to some of you that everything has consciousness despite what science says. They're still struggling to figure out whether consciousness is real. So they're a bit behind. <clears throat> but this is what Creator says. We can tell you that plants and planets do not get bored. They thoroughly enjoy their existences because they are fully engaged. They know what they are about and they know how to find out what might be needed and to implement it to have a successful existence. This is not to say everything goes perfectly because as you know there are hazards in the physical realm of many kinds. The competition for survival with an environment that varies over time with weather and seasons presents many difficulties of adaptation for plants and animals and the planet as a whole in the case of Earth, having to adjust for the changes that affect its consciousness from environmental destruction and Earth changes and so forth. But this is a part of living and what makes the process of living dynamic. It adds interest and it adds challenge. Both are needed by consciousness, first of all to justify its existence. If there is nothing to adapt to, nothing that ever changes to react to, what is the point of having conscious awareness of something? An existence that is static and unchanging is a kind of living death, akin to being buried alive, where no movement and no outside stimulation is possible. It is the living death of the earthbound spirit, trapped, tumbling in the darkness, with no bodily sensations and no outside influences, except the possibility of torment by predatory dark spirits. Normally, consciousness will never be bored because there is always room to grow and growth brings both stimulus and change. Things will happen, both positive and less so, and both have value because that will sharpen discernment in learning what works best, what represents a true obstacle that needs to be worked around. And what could be an opportunity to learn and catapult one forward through solving a problem and surmounting the obstacle at hand to come away stronger and better from taking on the challenge and surmounting it? The Earth and other worlds within the Milky Way galaxy are the places where boredom reigns. Due to the stultifying effect of the suppression being orchestrated to hold you down and hold you back. The objective of consciousness is always an expansion of possibilities. That is the purpose of creation after all, to provide an ever-expanding and ever-growing realm populated by many, many life forms of all kinds including highly advanced and intelligent soul-based beings who are extensions of Creator's consciousness and have innately a desire to expand existing creation in novel ways to make things better, more enriched, more refined, more exciting and intriguing and rewarding. This is what love seeks. It seeks not something that is static and never changing. It seeks a relationship and interaction, a partnership with another. To have many mutual experiences, each as individuals, but bringing their own essence to share. And in the doing, will promote growth of both parties. That extends to the wider array of interactions possible. That all is a kind of vast collective of possibilities for interaction, learning, and growth. This is what consciousness seeks to be a part of and to gain
1: from under normal circumstances. Well, this is a very expansive answer, uh, but what I kind of anticipated—that consciousness really needs challenge. It needs change. It needs experience. It needs new things, new adventures. You know, and when you set up a a situation where it doesn't, it can't get that kind of thing. Boredom is going to be the result, and boredom is very stultifying and very painful. It's. For me personally, I think boredom is excruciatingly painful.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm very intense as a person, and I'm intensely curious. And when I have nothing to satisfy curiosity with, I, I get bored quickly, and and then I have to take action. I can't sit still. I've got to do something, yeah. and that's just my personal characteristic, but it speaks to something basic in humanity because, you know, I'm a human.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, I think it's probably basic this consciousness itself, you know, in many ways. The consciousness just needs to express. Um, and if it doesn't, it's bad news. <laughs> you ask Creator, is boredom a problem or at least a potential problem for the Creator of all that is personally? And if so, what solution or solutions does Creator engage personally to keep boredom from being an intolerable problem?
2: Okay, and this is what Creator shares with us. We cannot experience an intolerable problem because we exist to solve problems, and so we can provide a solution. That is not to say we are never bored or never dissatisfied and never feel a lack of something and have a desire for something greater. After all, the entire creation of the universe was launched from a desire of ours to have something more. So your existence is an answer to our feeling constrained to be the center of things and having little outside the self, so to speak, to ponder and to delight in, particularly when there is something spontaneous that happens, not of our choosing, but done external to us. It traces its origins to us, but in the act of creation becomes an independent, free agent to explore and make things happen on its own. This is not to say there are not interconnections and a process for guidance and to govern difficulties that might arise. As a physical human, you know this quite well in your teachings about the Almighty as a source of assistance and support, reachable through prayer. So the vast creation was an answer to an inner desire of ours to have a growth of our experiencing. Not so different from that of a human being who comes of age and seeks their way in life to have new adventures and new opportunities to prove their mettle and to make things happen and seek excitement and novelty and enrichment of their experience, learning as they go and growing in the doing. That is what we are all about. And accordingly, that is what you are all about because you are an extension of us. So we are sharing this vast enterprise together, each in our own way, limited as we are by our perspective. In the same way, you cannot know all that we do, all that we think and feel. We can know what you think and feel but we are not experiencing it as the sum total of our existence. So in that respect, you have distinctions and a special perspective, a kind of achievement we do not. And that is the nature of our great ima- admiration and respect for you, because you cannot solve your problems easily as we can't. So, in that way, your courage, your determination, your resolve, your persistence, and your remaining in divine alignment, despite the great difficulties you are immersed within, allow us to see that part of ourselves that was always a potential but never truly had a means of expression until now with your creation. So, in effect, you are providing a mirror of the love within us that gives rise to all of those strengths, because all are in service to love as the driving force of the universe. Whether you perceive that intellectually or not, it is the truth, and
1: that is what makes you special and very special to us. I think that last paragraph there is one to be reread about a dozen times. Creator is essentially coming out and telling us. What we do for Creator, in terms of the importance that we have and what we are providing to Creator, that Creator cannot actually provide for Creator's self. People would think that Creator can do and be in all things, and essentially, that's mostly true. But there's something that Creator is saying right here that we provide that he can't get any other way. It's amazing.
2: It is amazing. and you know it was a surprise to me, this precise answer. And I'm I'm really touched and deeply moved by this declaration of loving interest, loving concern, loving acceptance, and a loving ap- appreciation for our existence and who we become as we move along on our journey. Yeah. With yeah. some independence from creator. And and
1: so this is a grand undertaking. Indeed it is. And real quick, you know, we think, you know, the idea that we are children of God, I think that has extra meaning in reading this because, you know, when you're following your children, you love them and you want to see them and they surprise you, you know, you look for the children to surprise you. So this is one of the things I think that that really relates to that. Be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com. Uh, we got all kinds of content for you on all kinds of topics. Boredom is just one today, but we got a slew of them. Check it out. We'll be right back with more get wisdom right after this.
0: Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. listening to get wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly they are here to answer your questions and comments about the program send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com that's contact at
1: getwisdom.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the second segment of this week's get wisdom we are looking at creators perspective on boredom and uh, we're learning that it is a bigger deeper problem than most of us realize very much so Carl Yes, I think this is a surprise
2: and um, will surprise a lot of you. Yeah, But it's absolutely. important. It's an important message and it gets better as we go in terms of the value in
1: understanding it more deeply. Yes. You asked Creator, solitary confinement is widely considered one of the cruelest forms of punishment that can be imposed on a human being. Is solitary confinement weaponized boredom? And
2: Creator tells us. This is an astute observation, and it provides perhaps the clearest demonstration of the evils of boredom and the fact they represent an abnormal state of being that truly creates a kind of prison for the experiencer, regardless of their place in things and their status and their role in life and their individual circumstances, whether at liberty or incarcerated. Someone can be a free person as a citizen but still living in a prison of their mind's creation, in accepting the limitations of their culture and their perceived assigned role in life, and that there is no possibility of changing anything in an appreciable way to make a difference in their lives. To be sure, a prisoner in solitary confinement has the stark reality of an enforced disconnection from life with no possibility of change at least for the duration of their sentence. It is the most extreme of punishments because it is so anti-human, as people are designed to interact with one another in relationships and a sharing of thoughts and feelings and as a stimulus to one another. This is how you learn and grow and enjoy things. Taking a vacation and experiencing new things is not the same, doing it alone. As when you're with a life partner who you love and can share the enjoyment with one another. Enjoying something new in the novelty of a vacation trip, for example, can enrich the self and is a kind of self-love to give oneself such an opportunity. But you are designed to share such experiences all of life with others because most roles in life are collaborative in some way or another if only working as an employee and having a supervisor. It is still interacting with other humans with a give and take, a learning and growth, and sometimes discipline and feedback from those in higher authority that will help provide a stimulus to learning and growth and refining of skills to develop further excellence. And that sometimes will carry a person much further along than if left to their own devices and doing something in isolation. The prisoner in solitary confinement is experiencing a living death and that is why it is rightly perceived as cruel and unusual punishment. You were created to be a force for growth and change through the giving and receipt of love and putting further love energy into the universe as part of the glorious expansion of possibilities that benefit all in existence. When that is cut off by prison bars, it is a denial both to that individual as well as the collective human family. There will come a time of greater enlightenment for correcting the issues that lead to imprisonment in a more positive and beneficial way. Punishment more often than not creates a worsening of things and is not a solution.
1: Well, I would say you could certainly underscore that with solitary confinement, I can't imagine how solitary confinement could ever be uplifting or corrective in any realistic sense. It's it's truly an abomination. Well, and you see this repeatedly in motion pictures
2: that talk about someone with a stint in jail and in a penitentiary and and that they paint a pretty realistic picture yeah. as far as creators' comments are concerned. They go to the hole for 30 days and there's nothing to do, they're in the dark maybe, given food through a slot, but no contact with anyone or anything. Total lack of stimulation and they come out just disheveled and shaky and can hardly function. Yeah, Yeah. Even after a short interval with deprivation, it's a sensory deprivation really
1: that is the consequence and the, the damaging factor. You're absolutely right. You know, imagine as little as 30 days can really send somebody <laughs> plummeting downwards. And, it's, you know, imagine extending that out. I, it's, it's really, it's a difficult topic for me to think about. U.S. creator, in the Philadelphia experiment lore, it was said that some of those who disappeared while on a Navy ship as part of an attempt at time travel, then reappeared with the ship minutes later, but were hopelessly insane. That even though they had been gone but for a few minutes, they reportedly experienced being in limbo for an interminable amount of time that felt like a million years. Did this actually happen? And if so, how can consciousness experience a million years of time in what is just a few minutes on Earth?
2: All right, this is what Creator says about this. And you can get books on the subject that have interviewed witnesses who were a part of this Navy um, experiment in time travel. The Philadelphia experiment was a real occurrence and has been fairly accurately reported, although the details remain buried as still considered top secret. This was part of a deception stemming from the collaboration ongoing between the U.S. government and military with the extraterrestrial interlopers, but not realizing they are not here to help, but only to harm humanity. In a desire to have some of the advanced capabilities of the extraterrestrials, an experiment was arranged to allow humans to experience time travel as a way to have an exposure to that capability, but with a warning that humans might not be able to fully handle the experience. Nonetheless, the military was adamant they wanted to take this on and proceed with learning the ropes, so to speak. This, in effect, was a trap set by the extraterrestrials to thoroughly discourage this notion on the part of the humans involved, and at the same time to have the personal enjoyment from their depraved thinking to make a game out of it and see how much suffering they could cause along the way. The experiencing of those unfortunate individuals who came back literally with shattered minds was arranged to happen by the extraterrestrials, sending them into another time domain and leaving them to languish in a state of being in limbo, just like the earthbound spirits, where they were tumbling in the dark with no capability to do anything and were in a state of torment for a vast stretch of time. In effect, they were sending them into the past and letting them catch up. Because all of what is taking place, the many parallel lifetimes being lived simultaneously is happening in the now and can overlap as well without people being aware of this reality. So this provides the answer for how someone could be gone for a million years in return. It is through time travel which the extraterrestrial alliance has mastered and take advantage of routinely. They were wanting to discourage human pursuit, just as they will not share their advanced interstellar travel capability and its technology with the humans. So anything of this kind where there is pressure from the humans to learn more and gain more, the extraterrestrials will find a way to pull the rug out from under any such undertaking. And this is a premier example where the humans involved in the experiment ended up being tortured or killed because of it. And we're told that the technology the extraterrestrials have developed for this purpose is simply not compatible with the human makeup and so needs to be off limits for humane reasons. This was a deception, an outright lie, but served to dampen the enthusiasm of the United States military for pursuing the idea of time travel. This is how the extraterrestrials get away with all of their predations. They arrange things so humans blame themselves or one another for everything bad that happens, just like with their reign of terror through manipulating the weather to create tornadoes and hurricanes, massive wildfires, blizzards, droughts, floods, volcanic eruptions, and earthquakes. They blame it all on fossil use by humans to cause global warming and that climate change is human-caused. Once again, that points the guilty finger of blame at humanity when it is the interlopers who are responsible for all of the disasters, including global warming, which is an alteration of the sun they have caused directly. The lesson from the Philadelphia experiment needs to be that the extraterrestrials are not to be trusted and that the ongoing collaboration is a sham and will only end in the demise of humanity on a much wider scale.
1: I think that's putting it lightly. Uh, Are we getting bored yet out there? (laughs) Radio land? You know, maybe, maybe they've left the room in disgust. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, you know, just as you think that the interlopers couldn't be more depraved uh, than this comes forward, and this is this is the epitome, in my opinion, of of evil. You know, to take to take somebody unwittingly and have them tumbling in the dark for what seems like a million years, and in fact may actually be a million years from what this this description entails, and yet you. Know, Of course, such a mind is going to be shattered and come out of that, you know, in pieces, essentially. Um, Well,
2: we could go on and talk a lot about this. I mean, the Back to the Future movies were a disinformation campaign to make people believe time travel with any kind of alteration or change in something is forbidden and unachievable or would be disastrous. And and that's just another discouragement to say, oh no, 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 stay away. Don't don't even think about going there. Yeah, no,
1: it's absolutely it's it's you're absolutely right. That what we're told here is that time travel itself is not inherently dangerous. But if somebody manipulates it to put you into an unnatural environment for an extended period of time, essentially solitary confinement for for your mind. Well, that's not that's not time travel doing that. That's the interlopers doing that, using time travel as a tool to do that with. Yes. Um, and that, that's where the onus lies. It's not with the concept of time travel itself. Time travel itself is like anything, it, there's pluses and minuses, there's dangers and risks, you know, and you have to be cognizant of those and take those into account and plan for them accordingly. That's not what happened here. This was used as, as time travel was weaponized uh, to an extreme extent. And that, that just shows the mindset of what we're dealing with, Carl. Well, it's
2: sad, but it is true, and we we do comment on this fairly frequently now because this is an urgent problem. They run rings around us, but they do it to put a noose around our necks, and they're squeezing it tighter all the time. And this won't end well unless people start praying and doing healing requests from the divine realm. That's our hope. That's, that is and the work. only thing that will help. So let's keep going and, and
1: explore this a bit more. Yes. U.S. creator, is this being in limbo that time travelers experienced exactly the same as the limbo experienced by one-third of humanity at death who become earthbound spirits? Is bored of the most excruciatingly painful experience of being in limbo? Okay, creator says...
2: Here again is a highly perceptive question connecting the dots here between these two phenomena. Indeed, the experience of boredom very much equals the experience of being in limbo as an earthbound spirit cut off totally from all sensation and outside stimulus. It is an entirely abnormal circumstance that is intolerable to the soul-based consciousness seeking variety and yearning to express and explore many, many things. It is a question of degree and length of experiencing in comparing varying personal experiences. Most human boredom is experienced at least with awareness, there are things beyond the self. They might seem out of reach in the moment, but they are not invisible. And there is a logical path to arranging an escape from drudgery and a static circumstance. When one is cut off from any possibility of change, as with imprisonment for life or being in limbo, enveloped in the nothingness, it is the ultimate in a stultifying, featureless and purposeless existence, very akin to being buried alive.
1: Well, in some ways, this underscores my worst fears, Carl, <laughs> and that's you know, being in limbo is akin to boredom, and Creator says that here. So if you want an idea of what befalls us if we end up in limbo, if we end up in a, a state of being earthbound following our death because we don't have a significantly high vibration in order to see the light callers and make it back to the divine realm... Um, you can see what you're in for, and it's not pretty. Uh, Well, there is a cure, and there is a
2: preventive measure, which is having a session done with the Lightworker Healing Protocol, because we built into it now a kind of insurance policy for when you transition, that God and any spirit being involved in a healing capacity will come for you and will work on healing you and raising you up to ensure your eventual transition successfully. So you won't go through this kind of experience. Those without faith, who are not spiritual in their orientation, or who die a tragic death and maybe a surprise death from a tragic accident or something, this fate can befall them. They're just not really in a good frame of mind to work with the light callers. So they need help. Well, guess what? The earth plane is our responsibility, and that's considered part of the earth plane. They yeah. cannot go beyond certain limits to raise someone up, but a human can request that they go all out and bring in all the healing needed to get the job done. And that's part of the learning and growth we're getting through Get Wisdom. This is a good example of why we call it Get Wisdom. Yeah. It's sweet. learning how to navigate more successfully and with greater possibilities for happiness and joy. So this doesn't have to be a problem. No, it doesn't. You can ensure
1: your own future and that of your loved ones by working with us. Yes, you can do it two ways. You can engage our Lightworker Healing Protocol practitioners, which you can access at GetWisdom.com. Look at our Healing tab up on the menu and navigate through that and you can find your way to our services. And you can also learn the Lightworker Healing Protocol yourself. To be able to do for yourself as well as your loved ones, friends, or or even as a occupation perhaps someday, um, you can find out about the Lightworker Healing Protocol at getwisdom.com/lhp. That's getwisdom.com/lhp. And one of the aspects of the protocol that that is directly akin to what we're talking about here is the idea of spirit rescue. And Carl, you mentioned that where. Somebody who is trapped, and one third of humanity—one out of three people—who pass on are not going to make it to the light right away, and every single one of them need help, and we have the means to help them. Yes, and we help rescue a lot of people's loved
2: ones who are languishing out there. And when I first started doing this, I wasn't getting many clients yet, and so. I just reached out to people I knew of and cared about, including a lot of celebrities, and I found a lot of celebrities were still out there many years after they passed. Judy Garland, you know, yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, and this happens to people of all stations in life because of their vulnerability. They're they're all humans after all, and not all of them are in good spiritual alignment and good spirits, so to speak. Yeah, When they meet their final moments, a lot of them are beaten down by life and struggling with health compromise and so on, and and maybe mental limitations. And that's not a good way to, to leave your body and expect to get back to a higher
1: realm. No. We even learned that, especially if you're a celebrity, if you have a lot of people that loved you and miss you, that that can actually help to hold you back so that could be a hazard in its own right
2: <laughs> well that's that's been a problem yeah they, they want little they wanted a little dorothy to still be here they didn't want to be reminded that they're <laughs> mortal
1: <laughs> we'll be back with more get wisdom right after this Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are talking about creator's perspective on boredom and the fact that boredom is actually not a boring topic at all. It's very, very important. Well, there's lots of
2: strange circumstances that can lead to boredom and a lot of bad things happen when you kind of get in that mode for too long a time. And it can be really a lethal experience under the right circumstances. Yes, creators
1: even said as much. You ask Creator, how big a problem is boredom for the extraterrestrial interlopers, especially for the Anunnaki who can live up to a million years? How much is boredom a cause of evil, and how does it contribute to the development of depravity? Okay, Creator tells us,
2: interestingly enough. Despite their seeming advantage in being in a position of power and control over not only the entire Earth, but many worlds within the galaxy, they experience boredom regularly, and it is a chief problem of theirs. Being so depraved because of their long-standing corruption, having millions of years of being preyed on by dark spirit meddlers with no spirituality to call on, and no possibility of divine intervention for their benefit, all are in a sorry state of being. Their culture, because they are all loveless, is a harsh and brutal one. It is a power hierarchy with many rules, many constraints, and many limitations, because for anyone to take the initiative and gain something for themselves, it will be seen as taking away from someone else, and there will be repercussions. So everything is highly ordered and very stultifying because there is no upward mobility except through sheer luck and opportunities to curry favor with those more powerful. Living with that kind of corruption is highly stressful, but in between those times of terror when their life might be at risk because of the whims of others, their life will be quite routine and a boring one. Even their sources of pleasure have become old and stale. This is why they cause such havoc in the world, because it is the only kind of novelty and entertainment available to them. Being so corrupted, they themselves are dark like the dark spirits who corrupted them. So their taste in pleasure, in seeking fun, is often a desire to observe humans experiencing pain and suffering. They love thwarting human plans, crushing your dreams, and giving you obstacle after obstacle to thwart your future and even your survival. But in the end, that enjoyment is, as well, living proof of the hazards of existence, knowing that one day they could be a victim of their brethren from taking some kind of political misstep and receiving the harshest of punishments. That is no way to live. It is a way to live in torment and eventually perish.
1: Wow. You know, and when you think of what they have in terms of an ability to travel the extent of the galaxy, to see countless worlds, to take in beauty that must be breathtaking across the face of the galaxy and the universe, and yet they're utterly unable to do so. You know, that they're literally prisoners in a prison of their own making, even though they have the means to to enjoy so much. It uh, It's really disheartening.
2: <laughs> well, the, the problem becomes, with lack of divinity and a divine orientation, they're not able to appreciate those things we can still like beauty yes. and it's it's sad it's quite sad but the language really is revealing about this kind of state of mind they have you know when you think about the, the phrase mindless cruelty
1: yes that's a good one mean
2: that's very appropriate because they are mindless in the sense of their unawareness of the divine. And all that that causes as a consequence, the lowering of them, lowering their sights, lowering their expectations, lowering their range of possibilities for things that are really exalted and lofty and awesome. You think what the potential could be as physical beings with all that they know after almost five billion years of their society. And they're dumber than we are. About yeah. basic things, like there is a God, and love matters, and love is the purpose of the universe, and when you're loveless and don't deal in love, you're out of alignment, and you're going to have trouble. Yeah. They they lack that basic understanding, and look what it leads to, pulling yeah, the well. wings off flies all your <laughs> life, not just as a a mindless,
1: cruelly-focused child who doesn't know better. Yeah, having all that technology just to be that mindless that little eight-year-old child pulling the wings off of flies—that's a, <laughs> that's a little disturbing analogy. But it's it's nevertheless true, and we can see even in our own cultures these days, you know, especially with the video games that are so violent, you know, this that we're we're actually acting more and more and more like these depraved interlopers. You know, they're, they're imposing their culture on us and unfortunately we're also accepting the culture to a very disturbing degree.
2: Yeah, they gave us the secular movement. They gave us the concept of racism to divide and conquer and it's working quite well as a tool to destroy our culture. Yeah. And it's it's a false god. All of this technology creates more disconnection and more support for a materialist view of reality. And that can only lead to cutting off our lifeline. That's what happened to them in yeah. giving up on God. They gave up on themselves. Well,
1: creators the Creator said that the nature of consciousness is to be collaborative. and But what the interlopers are all about is almost anything but collaboration. Yeah, so... It's it's the exact opposite. Just like evil is the opposite of good, <laughs> yeah. uh, boredom is the opposite of creativity. Yeah. so it's uh there's a lot of healing that has to take place. And we're going to talk about that right now. Carl, can Creator share how prayer work and the light work healing protocol can help to heal those excessively plagued by boredom? All right, here we go.
2: Creator says the plight of humanity, suffering as you do with all manner of difficulties physical, mental, emotional and spiritual as reflected through your culture on all levels and the environment you inhabit given your frailty as a physical being that is fragile and subject to many wounds and premature death through illness or accident, there are many lessons to be learned. The chief way to proceed to make things better is through growth and learning the truth about the sources of the problems you face and are dealing with personally. All human beings are corrupted in their thinking and imparted with many negative beliefs that do not serve you but only take away. This long, long heritage of human suffering is a prescription for a continuation and even a worsening of difficulty and unpleasantness. This is much discussed today in America with the history of slavery. That is but one chapter in human history and is reflected in all the circumstances around the world where people are enslaved or simply subjugated by their leadership to make slaves of them as citizens, as serfs, as peasants, as underlings, as minions, to feed the government rulers and to be penalized through taxation to ensure this comes about. You have not lived in a normal world, even though the average person has had hundreds of lifetimes as a physical human. Your potential is much grander than that, but will only be experienced if you can bring this about by staying on track and moving forward and not to be in a continued state of subjugation and suppression or, as is happening now, a downward spiral leading to a planned annihilation courtesy of the extraterrestrial alliance. What is needed to right the ship is a return to divine alignment through a partnership to gain our assistance and help, which we can only give you if you ask because of the rules enforced to honor your free will choices. If you choose to be a slave, this must be allowed. If you choose to be free and ask for our help to free you, there is much we can do, but we need more than a broad request with little understanding on your part of what is going on, what needs changing, and how this might be done through divine means. We have taught you how to empower prayer, and that is available on the Get Wisdom website. That truly makes prayer much more worthwhile and will serve your interest greatly in helping to support humanity through this most critical period of the next few years when your fate will truly be decided one way or another. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is the premier healing tool for arranging a divine partnership to do all that is needed from top to bottom in dealing with the interlopers and their vast legacy of negativity they have embroiled you with karmically, which acts like an anchor and will prevent change for the better, unless healing comes about in some way. The Lightworker Healing Protocol has all of the specific descriptions of the types of wounding and energetic dishevelment that can befall a human being. This has indeed been a long, long history for each and every human being, such that there is a huge backlog of unmet healing need, all of which has a negative karmic consequence because it will never go away on its own. It can only be healed through a purposeful partnering with the Divine, to arrange for this to happen. There are many kinds of maneuvers the Divine Realm can use to address all the wrongdoing and harm that has come your way and is affecting all those around you directly and indirectly by correcting all that has happened through the actions of these perpetrators. The Lightworker Healing Protocol will end up healing them as well. That is the path to your future of greatness and the unlimited expansion we see in the future for you if you can solve the problem of evil in your world. It is squarely in your way blocking your path. If you choose to do nothing, your fate is certain through the hands of the extraterrestrials who plan to annihilate you. We know you do not wish to hear this any more than we like saying these words but it is the current reality. This is a problem that is solvable and by you and can only be done by you and others of like mind reaching out to the divine. This is why prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol are the true answer for having a better future or even a future at all as a part of the earth. Your soul is immortal. But your investment in this enterprise as a human will pay many dividends if it is not thwarted. That is what is at stake now. And you can see, too, to
1: win the day. You know, a lot of people probably do think, though, Carl, that, you know, why does Creator allow all this evil? Why is it so, you know, it's so extant? And obviously, if we ask Creator, Creator can step in and, and intervene to change a lot of this. But why do we have to ask? And the, the answer we've learned in this project is, is that in the rest of the universe, evil is not allowed. It's only here. But evil is an extreme problem as we've learned in the channelings today, you know, somebody being lost in limbo for a million years. That's extreme. And we're here as extremists ourselves to bring an extreme solution to the problem. The worker the Healing Protocol is the extreme solution to meet the extreme problem. We'll only
2: have free will if we can use it wisely. And if it destroys us by allowing the creation of evil, the experiment will have failed. That is what's underway. It's a test to see. Yes. Can creators idea work out? And we're the idea. We <laughs> so it's it's up to us to Help. win the day. And Help we've us been out. told
1: how to do it help us out and you can do that by checking out the Light Healing Protocol getwisdom.com slash LHP and we are out of time thanks everybody appreciate it
0: thank you for listening today please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly they'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel we wish you a beautiful week